Kaminsky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the Hockey Know-It-Alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the wonderful Zach Mack. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm Kind of excited to watch football tonight as we record this. The Bears and Packers kick off the NFL season tonight. Um, but I know we're we're a short time away from just preseason hockey, which is enough for me. Yeah, close. We're like we were just talking about it. it's like 10, 11 days away. Yeah. Yeah, you reminded me. Oh man. I just I just can't wait. Uh but we got a ton of stuff to talk about today. It's gonna be a super fun episode as always. Uh if this is your first time listening, go back and check our other stuff out. Uh, week after week, we've been trying to bring the best of the best, and uh, I've been told we do so. My my wife, brother, and sister-in-law <laughs> tell me that, but I have been told that. Uh, we've got McDavid, Keller, RFAs. I've got a nice little game for you, and we're going to talk about some rookies. Uh, but let's talk about uh, Connor McDavid first. He is recovering from his torn PCL and is was like kind of up in the air about his status and then it seemed like he was going to be ready for opening night. And now it really seems like he doesn't, even though everyone's saying he is. So I don't know how much you've been keeping track of this, but they keep saying no timetable. Everyone's goal is re- is to be ready for opening night. Yada, 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 but he's progressing well, but he's in the, the thing that comes to my mind when I hear that is Andrew Luck. <laughs> Like it just—it's it, kind of what we saw for a while, and then he yeah. never played for an entire season. So, what do you? I mean, if you're if you're the Oilers, you you have to just let him sit back and be a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent before you ever let him get back to contact, right? Yeah, I would believe so. So the one thing that blows my mind when I keep looking at uh, Connor McDavid and how he's progressing to—he's only twenty-two. Like that's just—that's so crazy to me. Uh, I, I would. It just seems like he's at least like mid twenties by now. But to that point, that's why you kind of sit on it. And they're like you said, they're, they're saying you know everyone's goal is opening night. But unless uh, there's a miracle in Edmonton, I don't think that even they think that they're a contender um, or that they've built enough pieces slash culture to be a contender. So I don't think there's really any rush to getting him back on the ice. I do you know how to like how fast PCLs heal like is this taking a while i don't i don't even i didn't look into that part of it i don't know how quickly specifically the pcl heals heals uh because i tore it at the same time as my acl so i don't yeah yikes but i mean we know the acl recovery um and i just uh, knees are so weird with these skaters because like steve eisenman can't he'll never run or even jog like another day in his life apparently because his knees are so destroyed but he can still like get on the ice and I mean, he can't skate like he could when he was 20, but he can still yeah. skate. And, and, like, it's weird how, how these athletes work, but I'm more, I'm concerned for Connor McDavid because if he misses a season, it's one that market is going to yeah. be destroyed. 
And two, they just get further away from from what he wants in Edmonton. Uh, and then Dreisaitl will probably suffer from that, which might shoot his confidence. Like, there are a lot of factors that go beyond not seeing McDavid on the ice. And that's why I think you're right. It's important for him to sit back and and wait to be 100%. And the organization needs to wait for him to uh, be 100%. But I do have an issue with the way people are going about this story. Uh, and I know you're you're going to hate it. So well, there's not going to be a 90-second rant this week because Good this vibes. is a very relaxing week. This is like puck and chill or so. Or that was now. No, no, <laughs> not that. Uh, but it's it's a relaxed podcast, so I'll I'll go into this with an open mind. But he's pretty injury prone at this point, and they're not they're completely unavoidable things. Like he can't control, you know, getting dragged down from behind by a flyer and sliding into the boards, or you know, a PCO. I mean, he probably doesn't have to be playing the last few games of the season, but. I know the type of competitor he is, but I mean, we're 10 ish, 10, 12 years removed from Crosby's concussions. And we still shit on him for being a baby, being, you know, crybaby Crosby and Cindy. Like, I am, I've said this before, like, it just makes no sense to me. Like, why are we so easy on this kid? Sid wasn't much older when st- stuff like this started to happen to him, and he was missing whole seasons. And his, future was in jeopardy in the sport. Connors doesn't seem to be right now, but I, I, maybe you can, from a, as from the standpoint of a Crosby hater, maybe you can un- enlighten me as to why everyone is so quick to be like, oh, poor Connor. Like, yes, it's horrible he's injured, but it, nobody is questioning his toughness or his heart or whether he's injury prone. It's just, oh, he's hurt and he'll come back. He's still an incredible player. Yeah, my guess would be that people just don't want to they don't want to see McDavid turn into Crosby because <clears throat> you're right. I mean, my biggest a the, top 2 player of all time. <laughs> my biggest fear for McDavid is that he does get rushed back onto the ice and like you said he's injury prone and and you thought of Andrew Luck right away and all of a sudden you've got this top-tier talent who you're just watching play half seasons at a time and I I don't think people want to see want to see that out of McDavid, but it's a, like, this almost seems like a lose-lose situation. Cause you're either like, he either gets rushed back in plays the whole season, potentially risks his entire career and legacy, or he's missing half the season. We're right back having the same conversation next year at the same exact time, whether or not the Oilers can ever be contenders in their lifetime. And it just seems like there's nowhere to go for the Oilers from here. And to the injury, injury prone, it, it's, I almost, because you're right. I mean, people didn't really dog Sidney Crosby until after he went through uh, his injury. Austin Matthews also, I had written down. I forgot. Austin Matthews also labeled as injury prone. One of the one of the biggest forwards that still crashes the net, and he's injury prone apparently. But sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, it's I. I just don't. I think maybe a lot of people look at Sidney Crosby and like he's a crybaby. Sidney Cindy Crosby, whatever. And really, he's just uh, he probably doesn't want to see himself go through the injuries that he went through early in his career, and that's that's why he comes off the way he comes off. And I, maybe people are just hoping that McDavid doesn't fall into the same category. But I wouldn't be surprised in the least bit to see if McDavid does make a full recovery that he comes back and it's just like you know he's on refs for every dirty little play and 
could very well turn into the same type of player Crosby is where he becomes that top level talent of his generation, but cares a lot about his safety. Yeah. And, and I still, I won't fault McDavid for going after the ref because I know hockey and, and hockey fans for the most part are very hockey centric, but I mean, Jordan, Curry, LeBron, Kobe, Peyton, Brady, like all these guys, they've always gone after refs Mm -hmm. because they do deserve better treatment because they are the face of, of the organization that is the NFL, NBA, NHL. So that I'm okay with. Do I think that I won't get into the fighting thing? Never mind. But I, I, I I get your point and you do you do make a good point. You don't want to see another player down that path in in that sense. I get that. I mean the best thing McDavid can do is learn from Crosby. Yeah. Well let's I and I mean tongue in cheek and seriously, yeah. like he if he's doing what Crosby did coming back from injury and, and everything else, then he could be a better player coming yeah, back. Yeah, I don't I mean I, I, I think any player would be out of their mind not to try and want to do what Crosby's done. But I mean, let's go down. Let's go down the fighting path because I do think I think you have a good point that all those other stars in those these other sports that are going after refs because they do feel like they deserve the best treatment, and you know, obviously there is life outside the sport, and they want to be the best they can be, but they also want to live life outside of it. it. Is it is it different in hockey because of the hockey centric fans who just want so badly for their sport to be the toughest sport? I think there's a lot of it. Yeah, the the please like my yeah. sport crowd is very much in that sense. And I I get the, you know, your guy gets dragged into the boards and it's a total penalty and you're pissed about it and you fight. It's stupid, but it's whatever. It's it's when McDavid comes across the middle with his head down and gets destroyed by a 6-5 defenseman. It, and it's a completely legal hit. That guy's got to fight. Like we, like we know we've accepted that as hockey fans is what, what I kind of hate. But so McDavid now, every time he gets hit, if someone's not out there to fight for him, the referee is going to be in McDavid's crosshairs to be the next one to fight for him. And like people don't, it's not thinking the referee is going to treat you better. It's expecting the referee to see everything yeah. that happens to you. And it just doesn't work that way. So I, uh, I don't know. I don't think fighting helps or hurts that, or I I think it hurts it. Um, but I think at the pace we're going, it's going to happen regardless. So might as well just uh, let it happen the way it's going to happen. But I don't know. Something just got up in my craw about <laughs> this McDavid thing. I just I think he's so babied by by the fans, not even by the league. Really, like I'll never sit here and say that McDavid gets all the calls because that's definitely not true. Um, yeah, I, I would say I would say sit on that take for four to five years and come back and see what happens because I just think he's yeah. young and people want to see him successful. You know what else is crazy to me? Just to you know, kick a man while he's down. Apparently, not even top five in jersey sales last year. Really? Is that wild? I mean, it is wild. Do you, do you have the top five in front of you? I'm curious now. I know the top two. I um, Crosby. Just make I have it right here. Know. I have it right here. I'll find it. Um, it's got to be Crosby, like Crosby. Ovi, and Matthews were in the. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Tavares is probably up there. 
Tavares was up there in the top 10. Man, all these articles are so old. Here it is. One day ago. But it's just weird to me. Like, I don't know. Is that another Edmonton thing that like we were talking about? Oh, top five. No, you don't have to answer that. I was just bluffing for a minute. Um, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, top 15. Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin, Matthews, Fleury, Bergeron, Ooh. Kane at six, Bennington at seven, Tarasenko, Taves at nine. Uh, McDavid was 10. Burns, Marchand, Tavares was 13. Giroux, 14, and Marner, 15. Wow. You know what sticks out to me is Bennington being at seven, and he's only in the league for half the year. That is shocking because there's, I mean, there's no sign of Pedersen or. Unless they're counting, yeah, like like, his AHL jerseys. (laughs) Maybe. I'm sure a lot of people sought out those, too. I mean, it is kind of those names, and we could do a whole segment on this, but we won't. Um, But it does kind of go to show you, like, where. I mean, $150 to $300 is a lot to spend if you're a bandwagon fan. And three different Leafs are in the top 15. Yeah. Like, that's just, I mean, there's there's two, two Blues, two Hawks, two Bruins. But, yeah, it was, a pre- it was a pretty interesting list. I did expect McDavid not to be one, but to be top five and to see him at 10 was was pretty shocking yeah i think the oilers i think a lot of that has to do with i like to be honest with you personally i like the oilers logo um but they, I, they just need they need to rebrand there i don't think even if you wanted to get a mcdavid jersey an oilers jersey is a pretty ugly jersey to wear around yeah i i eventually broke down and got a got a gretzky jersey because when i bought it there was no one on the oilers that i figured was gonna stay yeah. there um, so I had to go with like the red cause they have all the updated ones and they're so ugly. Yeah. I did have to go with the retro Oilers, but that'll never see the light of day. Um, <laughs> all right. Not sure how we got the Jersey sales, but, uh, anything else on McDavid before we move on to another young player? Uh, no, we can wrap. Let's, let's just give, do you think he'll play opening night or no? No. Yeah. I don't either. I think my point in all that too, was he's hurt. Like he's not recovering. He's hurt and he's going to be out probably a while. Yeah. Clayton Keller. A oh, name from that, one goat to another. Yeah. Apparently, there are a lot of people who don't know who Clayton Keller is. Um, he's a, a pretty good player. I, I mean, I, he's nothing great or anything. He's got 114 points in 167 games. Uh, so not awesome. Um, not meeting expectations, but he's in Phoenix or Arizona. So I, I want to know my, my first question, I don't have many, but my first question to you is eight years, 7.15 annual average value, a promise from the coyotes to keep him around. If he promises not to want out, uh, Wow, I actually did not think of it like that. Like, uh, I it just popped into my head. Um, seventh overall pick in 2016. So I okay. couldn't remember the draft year. Okay, seventh overall pick. So okay, so he played three games in his rookie season then, or in, yeah, it would yeah it would have been his rookie season. Three games and then yeah played all well he's yeah he's played all 82 games in both seasons since. 
So, okay. So, yeah. here's your, I mean, here, the first, I'll, I'm going to give you my first impression, then I'll answer your question. Uh, my first impression was that, like, 70% of me wanted to think that this was the Arizona Coyotes just being absolutely genius. Like, they're just like, they see some promise in this guy. He's played 82 games, two straight years. He must be doing something that they like behind the scenes because, let's be honest, it's hard to be flashy on the Coyotes. They're a tough team to watch in general. But and maybe they saw something. Yeah. They're like, this could, this could be a cornerstone. Let's get ahead of the market. Let's sign him now before you know inflation, and we got to pay him so much money to stick around where he's probably not going to want to anyway. So I thought it was the Coyotes trying to get ahead of the curve uh, a little bit. But to your point, that's that's – because usually if someone blows up in a market like that, they're just like, yeah, let me, let me, let me, Jesse, pull you Yarvi this and get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm making in Arizona. Imagine yeah, if I so went I never thought of it good. like that, but that's interesting. I, it, I don't know. It's just like, I can see it being the case, but it might be a little bit of a stretch, but the concept to me is there. Like, he you're right. He's probably doing something that they like that we can't see uh, without diving into his film, because like you said, not many people are watching a lot yeah. of film on the on the Coyotes, not even the teams that are playing them, probably. But they are getting a they're getting a little bit better as the years go on. They were near the playoffs last year. They added Phil Kessel uh, this year. And, and what's funny is when the Keller came up on my phone. I was like, the Coyotes just signed Kessel to an eight-year deal? Like, that's how little, like, there's nothing wrong with Clayton Keller. Like I said, he's just very forgettable. He's a really small guy. He He's one of those guys that's good on the ice. You just don't notice he's there, which can be insulting. I, I can see how that could be a negative. But, I mean, it's still 114 points in 167 games. Like, he's not McDavid like we were just talking about. But he's a young kid, too. So, like, these guys, if they're going to get better, they're going to get better in these next couple of years. And maybe the Coyotes see that. And before Marner and Ranton and set the market, yeah, they'd figure they'd get him at, you know, something manageable now before his 90-point season this year or something. <laughs> yeah, because I, like, I feel like that's what's going to happen. They'd, they'd make the signing. Everyone's like, what's going on here? What's, why, why is this guy getting over $7 million a year? And then he's going to drop, like you said, like 90 points. And we're all going to be like, oh. Yeah. And, uh, the thing I like about this contract is I, it's one of the few contracts where I feel we didn't see the usual. Free agency day is hilarious to me because and we get we were a little bit like this, but we I actually went back and checked the tape to make sure I wasn't being a hypocrite. And we were split or we were fine with a few signings. So we weren't the ones. But Everyone, if it's a big deal, no matter what the deal, oh, that's 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 an overpay. I can't believe. I mean, he would have never gotten that in another market. And then if it's like a two-year, twelve million or twelve million dollars, Jesus, uh, two years, seven million for a fourth liner who's probably going to play thirty games. Oh my god, what a bargain! I mean, we, uh, we got him for that, like that type of stuff. Like every single signing is like that, except for this one. Like people seem. Yeah, Clayton Keller's these player. Market hasn't been set at $11 million like it probably will be. Eight years is a long time. Like It just seems like a good deal for both sides, yeah. which kind of led me to the promise for promise type scenario. Uh, but I do like deals that kind of keep everyone from jumping out of their seat. Yeah, I, 
which is so few and far between. Yeah, and it's it's I think it's a key part to keeping keeping tempers at ease, keeping a calm, cool, and collected culture. Is Phil Kessel gonna take him under his wing? Uh is that the best idea for Clayton Keller? Okay, first of all, we are <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights supporting podcast, but we won't have slander of Phil Kessel. American player, Phil Kessel. Uh, but Keller's also an American kid. So I, you just never know. Sometimes those guys stick together. Phil's like the type of guy to be not the life of the party, but everyone knows he's at the party Yeah, because he's in the corner creeping everyone out. God, that was slander. That was slander. I, you're right. You just can't help it. You have to say these things. Uh, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be good for Keller to play with, with a bona fide all-star Stanley cup winning sniper. Yeah. I, I think it'll be good for his game. Did you see that report about Kessel? Apparently Kessel, that one, I'm sure you saw his old one seater movie theater in his old house, that but he, was... he said he never used it. This I saw this report today or yesterday. Oh, he never used it. Yeah, he oh, claims he never good. used it. They put the chair in there just for the like house listing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he never used it. I don't know. That's hilarious. For anyone that didn't see it, it was this giant theater room with this huge screen on the wall, and there was one chair in the middle of the room. And it did. It looked like the most Kessel thing you've ever seen. <laughs> you can actually go. I checked it today. I'm sorry. I don't have the link. I don't know where I saw it, but I checked it today. That The listing's still up. I don't think anyone's bought it yet. I mean, I just can't imagine there's that many people in Pittsburgh with that kind of money. <laughs> uh, I so love last thing on, uh Last thing on Clayton Keller. Uh, do you think this, to my knowledge, only the top 50 overalls and like some of the first few picks, I, maybe Maria can fact check me on that, but... Do you think this contract will help or hurt his overall or not affect it at all? Because I don't think like a lot of the like role players have been revealed yet. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Because I, was just, I don't I think it'll do good. much of anything because he's he's probably like an 86. Okay. And I don't think because actually to my point – about people not getting up in arms about this contract, EA is probably like, oh, perfect. We don't do anything. We don't have to boost him up <laughs> or knock him down based on this contract. We'll just keep it as is. People like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can still see that. Just like there's like a board meeting and they're like, oh, Clayton Keller got signed. And then just like waiting a couple hours and they're like looking at the feed and they're like, oh, nice. We may not have to work at all today. <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, you good point. I'm actually hopping on the game right after we record because – with EA Access, you get 10 hours of, like, free gameplay before it comes out. Ooh, nice. So, yeah, that started today, so I'm going to hop on there. Um, as we record this Thursday, this hopefully is out Friday. So, if you have EA Access and you have the game, you pre-ordered NHL, uh, you can play for 10 hours. Uh, and basically, it's basically the whole game. So, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of Clayton Keller in uh, NHL 20 and see where we're at. <laughs> Uh, so he signed to an extension. That's great. Uh, quite a few big names remain unsigned. A lot of RFAs still on the board. Uh, we have two different lists. Do you care if I just go over my list? Uh, no, and I don't we'll, care. And just throw in, throw in whoever's on your list. Um, can, can I get your best explanation for the listeners who don't know what a restricted free agent is? 
just give us a rundown on what the difference is. Oh man, I wish I had a I have like a literary little- and Bob McKenzie. So like my <laughs> what what I go by is they can't just be signed by another team. Right. But it's all it's all based on uh, in con uh contract structure. Like with when McDavid signed or when Matthew signed his five year deal, there was a lot of talk about his RFA years, which is restricted free agent, like Zach just said. So it's you you can't just go sign anywhere, but a team that you, the anyone but the team you played the last season for can offer sheet you, which means offer you a contract, and you can you can sign the offer sheet, and then your team can either match it or they receive compensation based on the tier level of that RFA because there are different RFA tier levels. Uh, like Mitch Marner, I believe would yield four first round picks. So it it all just depends. Like in hockey, such an old boys club that we don't see this a lot. But I mean, the the Canadians could go to Marner and say like, "Hey, well, eight years, seventeen million dollars a year." So I mean, you probably can't do that <laughs> based on the NHL landscape. But they could totally screw over the Leafs and say, "Hey, here's a huge contract that we know the Leafs can't sign." He signs it. The Leafs can't match so four first round picks it's it's that kind of stuff there's a hard definition uh if you just google what does rfa in hockey mean but that's basically what it is these guys for all intents and purposes belong to the team they play for played for but it's not out of the realm of possibility well in the nhl it kind of is because of offer sheets but it's not out of the realm of possibility that we could see these guys on a different team come opening night in like six weeks. Yeah, and they and they have to sign something by December first, right? Or they can't play the rest of the season. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like they can't they they can't yeah, just go untouched case, all yeah. season. Is my my point? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was. Uh, we saw that. Oh, I'm totally drawing a blank. Yeah, I couldn't. I I couldn't. But you, we see it. We see it a lot more than you realize. It's just. Not always with this much star power. So I'm going to go over my eight um, that I have as the most notable um, RFAs right now. Patrick Laine, Mitch Marner, Charlie McAvoy, Matthew Kachuk, uh, Miko Rantanen, Braden Point, Brock Besser, and Connor or Kyle Connor. Pretty, pretty big list. Mm -hmm. Pretty. I mean, these are really good players. Uh, Is anyone on your list missing from mine? I think a couple players. Uh, run through them again, because I was trying to keep track, and I thought there was one, but you might admit. Uh, Patrick Laine, Mitch Marner, Charlie McAvoy, Matthew Kachuk, Miko Rantanen, Braden Point, Brock Besser, and Kyle Connor. No, you got them all. I've got the only couple I have to add are Kevin Fiala and Zach Wierenski. Oh, Zach Wierenski, yeah, that's a good add. Kevin Fiala, I, I saw, but I looked at these eight, I'm like... One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> mind leaving Fiala off there. But... Uh so of those names, including Wierenski, what is like the most surprising situation for you right now? Like who, when you, if you look at one of these guys, who sticks out to you as the most surprising unsigned RFA as of September 6th? The most surprising to me is probably Matthew Kachuk. Uh, just because it's, I would think that both parties would be trying to get a deal done there um, sooner rather than later. Obviously it's, Kachuk wants to see where the market's going to set, but I really don't think that that helps him at all because he's not 
more valuable than Marner, Rantanen, uh, Point. I would even say Line. A. I, I don't think he's more valuable than any of those guys. So I don't. I I thought that I didn't think that he would be on there. I thought he would be done by September, um, and then everyone else was going to try and fall in line following that. Uh, so to me, that one was the most surprising. But w- what do you got? So just to, I just want to clarify. So Matthew Kachuk is almost the most surprising for you because he seems like the easiest to sign. Is that kind of what you're saying, or is that oversimplifying I, it, it? I just no, I, it's a little bit oversimplifying it because. I, I don't. To me, I think Brock Besser would be the easiest to sign if we were going that route. Prince but, Charming. <laughs> yeah, I just think I just thought the Flames would want to get after what happened to them last year. They would want to get their stuff done, and they would want to focus on what they need to focus on. And uh, also, Matthew Chuck struck, struck strikes me as somebody who would want to get this out of the way and let's go play some puck. But maybe he's not all in on the Flames. I don't know. That that could be a case. That's a deep dive. That's I hope he is because he's a big part of that team and that's yeah. a good team. Uh, the most surprising for me is it's still Miko Rantanen. I just I it it makes me nervous that he's still unsigned because he's such a big part of such an explosive line. Like it just it. it if this is already like, and I don't know all the details of like their situation and who's too far away or, or how far away they even are. But when a guy, it's like when any big three in basketball is like having a contract dispute, it, it just makes you nervous that that's going to break up prematurely. It, and something great will never be like truly seen for everything. It could be, I, I think he's going to sign. But it, I'm not crazy about the fact that he hasn't, and it's it's actually really surprising because he does seem like an all he talk about all in on a team. You know, he seemed like the team guy, and it seemed that top line. You know, they for all I mean for all that you see on on social media, they're inseparable. So who who knows what what's going on between the two sides? But he's definitely the most surprising for me. Yeah, of all the guys on this list. That are still unsigned. He is the only one that he, he, depending on what happens to him, will change the entire landscape of the Western Conference. You're you're not wrong. That's actually that's not even that bold of a prediction. I actually love that prediction. Like that is, and I don't think I don't think you could say the same for Line A Point or Marner. I I don't think he could. I don't. No. Or even McAvoy. It would be an argument. Yeah, but yeah, Ranton is it's a sure thing, I think. If, yeah, either, if something were either to he's on Colorado it. and they're at the top of that division, or he's not on Colorado and they're probably trying to sniff another wild card spot and he's making another team a contender depending on who it is, of course. Yeah, but it's September sixth though. Like if he's not on Colorado, he's on some dog shit team and he's yeah. never gonna win the Stanley Cup. It's just like none of these teams that Hull want to play for will have the money that he wants, supposedly, or or will be able to offer him an offer sheet that Hull want to sign. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if he wants to go play somewhere that he won't win because I'll make a little bit more money, then it's going to change. Uh, Colorado is not going to be the same team. Uh, who signs first? Of any of those guys. Who was your like... <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought that, was, that sounded like it was going to be a multiple choice. 
Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, well, yeah, it's multiple choice. It's eight different answers. Uh, 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 of any of these guys, who who's going to be the first one to, I don't want to say cave, but just reach an agreement? Charlie McAvoy. I'm 100% on board with that, so I'm going to change my answer while I talk to you about that. Because <laughs> uh, my, my logic is that he's in Boston. That's all I do is cave. Yikes. This was a really relaxed podcast. <laughs> like, the Northeast just turned it off because we were talking so slow, and then you ripped their city. Like, Jesus. <laughs> um, I just think Boston's the type of team where it's like, yeah, just give me market value. I'm fine. Like, it, it just seems like maybe they're not even really – maybe Boston had someone in mind, and that was going to affect McAvoy's money, so they just told McAvoy – Here's the least amount we'll pay you, and he was fine with that. And they're just going to do that at some point. I'm assuming because if not, then he's my most surprisingly yeah. not signed. Uh, who signs first? Probably Braden Point. It's just it's it's another situation down in Tampa where they're just going to, uh, and they probably have, and maybe he'll come to the realization like it doesn't get better than this. You, if you're the focal point anywhere else, your life turns to a living yeah. hell. Just be a really good player who doesn't have to take any blame ever right. for anything. Braden Point will never be blamed for anything. Hell, you're think. getting thrown on top twenty position lists. Jesus, like you're not even. I, yeah. I don't. I'm... Yeah, I mean it's a it's a free ride <laughs> to start him. Look at we're talking about Braden Point as one of the best free agents. <laughs> oh my god. Like, he's a very good player, but he'll never be as good as people, as that Tampa yeah, team he shouldn't makes be on, We shouldn't be talking about him on this list, bottom line. But we are. Uh, who who would shock you most to see them not on the team they were with last year? I mean, to be completely honest, it would blow me away if any of these guys got offer sheeted. But uh, Kyle Connor, because I think he really fits yeah. with Winnipeg. I think he's a really big part of not maybe not more than line a, but I think his consistency, he's not a 40 goal scorer. I think he's a 30 goal scorer. Uh, he's a really good fantasy hockey player. It, it would be pretty surprising to me to see him anywhere else because I, I do think he wants to stay there. Uh, I don't really have any other, it's kind yeah, of getting I, annoying. This, this RFA stuff. Maybe, like, they just will. maybe they'll all just sign tonight and we can be done with this. This actually isn't a bad team of our face. Like, you just want to throw them, <laughs> throw it together. I mean, put them in there so, as so, they can be the pre the thirty second preseason team, and just throw them in there in the little split squad games that you just taught me about thirty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, and Chad Johnson's like the best RFA goalie <laughs> right now. So, you know, at least at least they'd so, have someone tall. Uh-huh. I wish it is a uh, what is it former backup. Saber goalie? I'd have to look that up. Uh, yeah, so there's, I mean, we'll obviously keep you updated. We're still on Marner Watch. God, I'm going to be so glad when I can stop yeah, saying the that. the 21st episode in a row uh, where we've mentioned Mitch Marner. You're right. And it's like the 21st episode in a row where we've been talking about a lease <laughs> contract. Uh, let's move on to players that obviously signed uh, their first contract ever. Jack Hughes and Capo Caco. We I mentioned to you, to this to you. Good lord, 
before the show, uh, we've we've pitted these guys against each other a lot. And sometimes we lose track of just how good they could or couldn't be and expectations and just being able to watch them play. So without disparaging the other, if if both of these guys are called or finalists, who wins prediction wise? Oh man, if they're both finalists, I wow, that's tough. I would I would have to say Jack Hughes wins. Uh, I think he's more popular. Not that it's not that it is or should be a popularity contest. Just say it. It is. I <laughs> I honestly I think for Kako to win it, he would have to like far and away outdo Hughes. Like it'd have to be a no doubt. This is Kako's this is Kako's award unless he didn't play enough games or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm a little salty about that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Kako would have to absolutely blow out Jack Hughes production wise in order to win it. If it's a close race, I think it goes to Jack Hughes cause he's American born. That's a good point. We do favor and Kako's finished. So he's like eighth on the list of people that would. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. If, if he was Canadian, obviously I'm going him, yeah. but he's not Canadian. I tend to agree with you. I, I think Capo Kako's going to win the Calder this year. Um, but if it's between the two of them, they've both gotten to that point. Uh, first off, it probably means the devils made the playoffs. I, yep. the Rangers might've, but the, I think the devils make the playoffs. If he has like a, awesome rookie of the year rookie season. Um, I just, I don't know what to, I'm glad we're on the same page with that, but I, I just, I don't know what to think with the, like they are very highly touted rookies and we've been really fortunate to see two unbelievable classes with McDavid and Eichel and Matthews and, and Lion A. They've been good rookies since then, obviously, but nothing, really along the lines of the really, really hyped up American that comes from a hockey family, older brother already in the league, younger brother at uh, University of Michigan. Um, and Capo Caco, the unknown from Finland, which is what Patrick Laine was, and he turned out to have really good first three years, and we're still figuring Patrick Laine out. So do you have – and I'm, I'm just springing this on you now, so – Take your time, but is, are there two players already in the league that you could say they're going to have a blank type season? Like Hughes is going to have a Kane type season. I don't think that's true, but like that using that as an example, because we do that a lot, but I haven't heard, I've heard like the skates like and, and shoots like, but overall, do you have a comparable for either of these guys or do we just not know enough? I, I don't, uh, I mean, I could throw one out there. I don't know how accurate it's going to be. I think, I mean, obviously, you you talked about it. We've pitted these guys against each other quite a bit, and it's going to be done for, I mean, assuming they stay on their teams for a considerable amount of time, we're going to see graphics on graphics for years to come on ESPN about. It's the same like Ovechkin versus Crosby. We're going to see Hughes versus Kako. It's going to be not. And it's a rivalry game. Yeah, yeah, and it's rival teams. There's, there's like, inches away from each other. It's going to be stupid how, how many times we hear these guys compared against each other. And I'm like, future me is already getting sick of it. But I, <laughs> I think, uh, oh, let me, let me pull some. I think Jack Hughes has like an Alexander Barkov to like if Barkov was like. Super short. 
Yeah, and healthy all year, and like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would, and then, Caco Capo Caco, would be like, uh, what what is Hughes the center, right? Yeah, Caco's yes. a winger, I think. Um, so let's go for Capo Caco. Oh man, this is tough. Um. Let me think on that. Do you have Do you have one off the top of your head or no? Uh, Capo Caco, it was tough for me because he's 6'2", 195. So it's kind of in that weird range of he could be a playmaker or a small power forward. I, To me, he's going to play similar to Jonathan Taves on the wing. Like, he's just, he won't be, we're not talking leadership or captaincy or anything, but just that play style, like, he can play in the dirt. God, this kid was born in 2001. <laughs> I feel so old. Um, he he can play in the dirty areas, but he's he's got a really good shot, obviously. Feels like all the young Finnish kids coming into the league have, you know, some of the best shots in the league. Um, and he's a goal scorer, you know, all the way throughout. Like, he's always scored a good amount of goals in international tournaments and everything. So I think he's going to be one of those guys that's a really high point getter, but we're worried about his two-way. Um, oh, so maybe Jonathan Taze isn't the best example. But one of those guys, like a like a poor man's Ovi with the points, but we're so, like early on Ovi when he was just never playing defense. I get that feeling from, from uh, Kako a lot. For Hughes... <laughs> I actually don't hate the uh, the the Barkov, the short Barkov uh, comparison, but I get like a Sagan okay. feel from so I get, from Hughes. Like I I don't think he has yeah. as good of a shot, but his presence in mm-hmm. the center of the ice, avoiding contact and getting the best shot or pass, is going to be Sagan esque to me. Yeah. Okay. So I was I see where you're going with this. I was thinking more along lines of just straight. Uh, production like goals, assists, points total. Um, oh, well, that'd be uh, fair too. I guess both guys will be in yeah. that range. Like, I think Hughes will probably score more points than Kako, but Kako's points will be like probably more even split instead of like 10 goals, 60 yeah, assists. Yeah. It'll be like 20 and 40 or 30 yeah. and 30, stuff like that. They're gonna be good players, man. And we're, I mean, we're living through an era where every other year, it seems like we're getting really good rookies coming into the league, which sparks controversy, which I love. Yeah. I yeah. This is, if you give it like, <clears throat> I think I want to say like four to five years, the league is going to be like at its peak. Like if you pulled the last like 15 years, that's going to be like, you, you just, maybe I'm just being, hopeful, uh, you just pissed off a lot of people. I love you for it. I'm sure I love I did, you for it. But, but I, I'm hoping people are a little bit more this hopeful. Is better You're going to see like, yeah, it's when Ovechkin and Crosby are going to be like, we're going to have that discussion of when when do they retire. But then you also got like the Miko Rantanins, the Nathan McKinnons, Johnny Hockey maybe, you know, uh, uh, Mitch Marner. Who knows? Maybe Mitch Marner blows up. Maybe we, and then we have all these guys who are like been around a couple of years that are running the league and then we got like, these guys that we're watching get drafted now. Which, speaking of, if we're going to mention these guys, I want to throw out there because you'll probably love this. I think 
Kirby Doc is going to, or I think that's how you say his last name. I don't know. I haven't actually um, heard it since he was drafted. I say Doc. So who knows? Yeah. I think he will have the most impressive. I don't think he'll like outscore Hughes or Kako, but I think people are going to go, whoa. That makes me happy. I think so too, but I'm biased about it, so I didn't want to say anything. Uh, but he did. I mean, you. there are a couple of videos. I know you said the sneaky tripping or whatever that in the off season, there were a lot of things I got all over Zach for. Cause he thinks he's all <laughs> cheeky on the internet. Hey, I'm not, I'm not getting hung up on that one play. Yeah. I, I said, my but name. there were some plays where it's, you forget that it's more than just these two players in the draft. Like they're really like the, yeah. talking about the avalanche, Bowen Byram, really, really good defenseman. So it's going to be more than just these, these two guys, but this is just what we do. Like we focus on the two best players. I think, 99% of people, these were undeniably the two best. And we're going to get probably their best production um, or some of the best production on their team is going to be these two guys because you look at the team. And other than Taylor Hall and, and P.K. Subban, you know, and Paul Mary, like there's not a ton of point getters on Jersey. So Hughes is going to be yeah. noticeable. Um, and same with Kako and now he's got Panarin too. That'll help. So excited for these guys. Um, but these actually aren't the most exciting rookies, which leads us into quiz time. Um, before we get to the end of the show here, this is a, I just called it the rookies quiz. Uh, so you need to tell me the player after a few hints, including their rookie year what year it was when they were rookies. So hopefully it's not too difficult like that game you gave me last week, which killed my self-esteem. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was extremely tough, but I'm, I'm, you probably get your revenge here. I'm pretty bad with rookies. So, (laughs) so these are guys, they, the furthest it goes back is 1951. Nice. So yeah, the hints are pretty good. I think. All right, so we'll start in 1984-1985. This was this player's rookie season when he scored 43 goals and was the All-Star Game MVP. Wow. And I can't give you his number. Is it multiple choice or do I got I got it? I it wasn't going to I wasn't going to do that. No, it can't be multiple choice cuz it give it away. Um he played for the Penguins. That's the last hint. 80, you said 84, mid-80s, Penguins. Uh, is it Yammer Yager? Mario Lemieux. Oh, wow! Uh, yeah, you're going to be kicking yourself. <laughs> I almost said Eight. Mario Lemieux, but I was like, I think he goes back a little further. God damn. It does seem like he, some of the tape you watch of him, it seems like it's in the 70s. So, not a bad guess, That's but it was Mario Lemieux. All-Star Game MVP your rookie season. That's gosh, it's pretty good. Uh, 1977-1978. This rookie for the New York Islanders scored 53 goals while wearing the jersey number 22. He would then go on to win four cups. Who is that rookie in 1977? You're probably not going to tell me teams he won the Cups with. It was all one team. I'll tell you that. So, okay. Islanders, 70, late 70s, rookie. 
I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Mark. He's Reggie. one of the legend. Ooh, that was a good guess. I was gonna try to give you one more hint. Mike Bossy. Oh. It, it, it is the most obvious answer. If that helps you in these next three questions, it's the most obvious answer. I'm not. I'm not trying to trick you because the hints aren't awesome. My dad's gonna kill they me if he listens to this episode. Oh no! A uh, little more recent, 2005-2006. He scored 52 goals as a rookie while on his way to 106 points. He obviously won the Calder uh, Calder Trophy. And I can't give you the, it's too recent. Yeah, I can't give you the I team see. or number, but he beat out another young star in the 05 06 season following the lockout. Oh, okay. So it's a coin flip. Oh, man. 52 goals in his rookie season. I feel like it's gotta be. Oh, if I, if I, if you gave me a team, I'd know right away. It's it's either it's either Malkin or Ovechkin, and I just can't. Oh, and I just cannot remember who broke into the league first. I'm gonna go with Ovechkin. It is Ovechkin. It is Ovechkin. Malkin won Rookie of the Year next. Yes, year. I knew they won back to back Rookie of the Years. I just could not remember yeah. the order. Thank God I got one. Yeah. Thank God I got one. All right. <laughs> This one's going to be tough, all right, all right. but I'm confident. We're going to the 50s? You. We are going to the 50s. We're going to 1951-1952. Okay. This goalie played every single game in that season. He had 44 wins, including 11 shutouts for the Detroit Red Wings. Terry Sawchuk. Got it. I almost crossed that off once I read the hints again, but got it. <laughs> I almost said Terry Sawchuk before you said Red Wings, but. Uh, two and two. Last question. And then I've got a bonus question. Oh, nice. 1992-1993. The greatest rookie season of all time. 76 goals. 132 points. This Finnish-born rookie had the greatest rookie season of all time. Yes, this was... Oh, man. He also wore the number eight. Rookie in 93. Oh, my gosh. If I have, like... I'm, I'm confident if I had five minutes, I could come up with this. At one point in his career, he played for the Ducks. Um, um, five seconds on the clock. Uh, is it Paul Korea? Oh my god, it's T Mussolini. Wow, bro. Oh my god, I'm gonna go real quick and I'll be right back, dude. That was oh my god, that was a really good guess. It Why was, could I it not? Was literally, I'm, I was sitting there, like, I could literally picture his jersey, and I was like, I yeah. and then I got put on the clock, so I had to spit out a name. But I could, I could feel you trying to get the name Timu out, and I, yeah, and I was just like Finland. I was like, I know, I know who this is. Okay, so then I'll give you so bonus question. To go even on the day. 
this player, he's an all-time great. I don't like have this question written down, but so <laughs> tell me if you need another hint. This player <laughs> is an all-time great. Sidney Crosby. It will say no. Nah. We'll say since 1960. Like he's in that range okay. from 1960 to today. He never had rookie status in the NHL. Okay. Because he played in the WHL. Okay. Standard. Which all time great never had rookie status, even though it's almost a guarantee he would have won it? Uh, is it. No, because he played. You said 60 and beyond? 1960 and beyond? Yeah. Um, it, it's not Wayne Gretzky, is it? It is Wayne Gretzky. It, uh, I saw the, like, it, there's a picture on Twitter today. I don't know if you saw it. It was like the first page of his uh, junior league contract by uh, oh, no, I didn't uh, Jen, NHL history girl. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, today posted... Uh, Gretzky's the front page of Gretzky's junior contract, and I was I couldn't remember if it was WHL or not. Yeah, players. Well, it was. It wasn't the WHL of today, I don't think, but it was basically like the Western Hockey League or something where they had pro status. So he was never considered a rookie in the NHL, or else obviously he would have won it in a. I think that was the same year as Bossy. So, like, Bossy won it basically because Gretzky won. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I think that's it. Did we miss anything? Uh, no. Uh, well, would you like to? Any thoughts on uh, Mister Game Seven? Any uh, kind words or not so? Kind I words? mean, I do have I do have a lot of kind words. I could go on forever about Justin Williams. Um. If you didn't see, he's stepping away from the game. He isn't committing to retirement yet, but it is hard to see this ending any other way but retirement. Uh, incredible player, really awesome person, uh, did a lot for the the Carolina Hurricanes in the short time he was there, um, and not winning a Game 7 with the Capitals after being crowned Mr. Game 7. Uh, is more of a slap in the face to the capital. So I'll always love him for that. Uh, and I wish him the best of luck. I hope to see him back on the ice. Um, I doubt it, but I wish him the best in retirement. We were super lucky to see another guy like him play. Yeah, I uh, everything you said, I think, spot on. I could see it being like a Mike Fisher situation where if they're close to the playoffs, come playoff time, maybe he comes back. and. Try- yeah, I just don't think Justin Williams' wife is going on like a world tour. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> I agree. I guess when you're married to Carrie Underwood, you have a little more downtime. Than <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, I also said uh, said goodbye to Nicholas Cronwall, who, if for those of you who know, I'm a Red Wings fan, and I believe I was trying to tap through my memory bank the other day, but I believe he's the first Red Wing who I watched. I have watched his entire career. I saw his debut. I saw his finale, and he stuck with the Red Wings his entire career. I think he's the first player during my lifetime to do that. Um, so I was equally as sad to see him go, but. I think it's what the Red Wings needed, but I think that's all we've had in the realm of retirement. I believe so. I'm also sad to see Nicholas Cromwell go. Um, when I lived in Michigan, he was a huge part of keeping people interested in hockey, especially when it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I 
moved to Philly the first time when I was younger. Uh, I was able to go to a Flyers game with a sign painted like a brick wall that just said Kron, K-R-O-N on it. Um, it was the Kron wall. Uh, and people really like that. So he, I wish him the best. And trust me, whatever his move is now, I think he already has like an advisor role with the Red Wings. He will be running Nicholas Lidstrom's league in Sweden very, very soon. You can bank on that. Um, so good for him. Uh, what are you watching this weekend? What are you watching tonight? You watching the game tonight? I am watching the game tonight. Unfortunately, as much as I want to boycott that, uh, I'm watching it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Lions fan, so I hope both teams lose. Go, go, post. Uh, this weekend, uh, for, actually, a lot of people don't know this about me. I'm a big 2K guy. Uh, it actually goes, as much as I boast about Chell, because it's the game I'm best at, uh, it goes 2K and then the show and then Chell. Um, and 2K20 drops at midnight tonight, so I will be staying up all night grinding that. Uh, I did not realize you were then, such a 2K guy. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I, I played, ever told you that. Yeah, I played really 2K. Don't. I played all uh, 2K19 all last year. Didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, really. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, so we definitely should have talked about that before. Uh, also, today, but... sorry to cut you off again, but the show is the baseball oh. game for children who still have PS4s. So Xbox doesn't have the show. Yes. It's uh correct, yeah. It's light years ahead of every other it's sports game as far as graphics game. and gameplay. Such a good game. But uh yeah, I love that game. I play I play 2K in the show religiously, so that's what I'll probably do most of my weekend. I will also be at the Memphis football game again this weekend. Nice. What are you doing? Uh I am going to download this audio and go play Chell for probably the next ten hours. Oh, that's right. Um I have Friday and Saturday off somehow. I was very lucky to get that. Um, so we are going to a festival, my wife and I on Saturday, and I'll watch some college football Sunday. Uh, I had to work for a little while and I'm probably just watching football. I begrudgingly yep. joined a fantasy league that I did not want to do, but <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't thrilled about the fantasy football league, but in the spirit of fantasy sports, uh, we should probably break the news about the fantasy hockey league. Yes, please. Do. Uh, the puck puck pass league. We're running it through Yahoo because if you've ever played fantasy hockey on ESPN, you know, it's complete and utter garbage. So we moved it over to Yahoo this year. Uh, it's myself. It's Zach Mack. It's Luke McGrath from belly up. Awesome. Uh, Canucks writer. And he's got some really good golf takes. If you're a golf fan, um, and then a few other people. I think my wife's going to join in because she was actually good last year. And a couple of my buddies. So we still have a bunch of open spots. Bill. I think we have like seven or eight spots. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you didn't see our tweet about it, that will have gone out by now. Uh, send us a DM or reply to literally any one of our tweets, whether it be uh, at Puck Puck Pass Pod, at Belly Up Zach Mac, or at Belly Up KJ. Um, reply to any single tweet and say, is there uh, room left in the Fantasy Hockey League? Uh, we're not drafting until the end of September. So please, please, please uh, come join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's super low-key. Just, you know, pay attention to your team, and you're probably going to win because people don't always pay attention, Mr. Zach Mack. <laughs> That's all right. I got you twice a week to keep me accountable. Yeah. The guy with Connor McDavid on his team last year didn't check his lineup. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's all I'm watching. That's That's what we've got going on other than just – I'm gearing up for two podcasts a week, man. I'm super hyped for that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm for all those listeners who are also hyped about it, we'll have certain segments on some week or uh 
So like, so there'll be like podcasts at the beginning of the week, podcasts at the end of the week. At least that's how we're hoping to structure it. We'll have some segments on one, some segments on the other. So um, feel free to, if you only like the beginning week, just listen to the beginning week. If you only like the end week, just listen to the end week. But um, all the more reason to tell your friends and family about it, because uh, if you don't like a show, they might like it and vice versa for the second one that coming week. So just be sure to let everybody know. Let everyone know about Puck Puck Pass twice a week. Let everyone know about Cheergating and the Corner Booth and all the other uh, fantastic podcasts we hear at we have here at Belly Up Sports. Uh, Zach, I know I'm going to talk to you soon, but I already can't wait for next week's episode. Yeah, it's no it's, particular reason. We're just you know we love doing this. They're only going to get we're, better and better. We're people, people. Yeah, it is going to get better and better. And for those of you calling me out for the 20th episode snafu, last week was the 20th episode we recorded. Just because episode eight will never leave my hard drive does not mean that we have not recorded 20 episodes. So this is episode 21, and episode eight will probably never see the light of day. Um, That was a disaster. So I think Zach knows which one I'm talking to now, um, but I can do math and I can't help the way that this program files the uh, the podcast. So that, that's what happens um, for Belly Up Zach Mac. I am KJ. Guys, thank you so much for joining you, joining us, and we will see you next week. Go Lions. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod.